Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 161. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Mining. We're here each and every week, with the exception of last week, and it was totally my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hey, we are here to talk about all things Apple, iOS, iPhone, iPod, iPad, (laughs) i-everything. We are here to talk about it, and I am excited, wow, to have Chris back on the line because, you know what, this show's not the same without you, man. That's what I've been told. <laughs> oh, yeah, so everybody's like, Chris, you gotta come back, save the guy, it's horrible. <laughs> he's still on the show? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm sorry, things uh, come up. Well, he, no, this, see, the deal here is that you get we get these questions in. And people want to know, how do I do this? How do I do that? And I'm like, I don't know. Chris isn't here this week. I'm not going to play your voice message until Chris gets back. Right. So, so Chris, you're back. And, and again, last week, I just want to tell everybody I dropped the ball. So it was not. Well, I mean, I could have probably called you on the telephone. (laughs) It's all right. We we're here this week. That's what's mad. That's what matters. And, And, uh, and then your, your wonderful ringtone would have played. Oh, yes. My wonderful ringtone. It's funny that you and I both have the same ringtone. Do you want to tell him what it is? I'm going to play it. All right. Chris is going to play his ringtone, which is the same as mine. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, baby. I don't know about you. I made mine. I didn't pay for mine. I I made mine, too. Matter of fact, I use a program. I got iRingtones from the App Store. Mm, I use GarageBand because it's free. Yeah, I use I used to use GarageBand, but it's a pain in the butt because you have to set the loop thing and the blah blah blah, and you got to do this. And iRingtones was cheap, and by golly, you just load up any song in there and ch- tell it what chunk you want, and it makes it sends it right to your right to your ringtones. Well, there's two ways to make ringtones now for your iPhone. There you so. go. I made it because people at work, uh, we were all watching it and laughing at it and. You know, so I decided to make mine the ringtone. I didn't tell anybody, and I had my phone like turned way up, and someone called me, and everybody just lost their mind. They thought it was funny. So yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I I don't understand all the people who are hating on this girl. You know, what what's wrong with somebody who wants to create a song? I mean, this is not the first song that has lyrics that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. No, yeah, it's just it was the perfect meme storm. Yeah, but the thing is, I just don't understand why people. I mean, like, there are people who are vicious about this. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not, not vicious. I think it's just a terrible song and it's hilarious. Oh yeah, it's a terrible song and it's hilarious. But but the thing is, though, is that I mean, you've got you've got journalists talking about you know what does what does what is YouTube doing? It's killing the industry. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And, <laughs> and it's, like, it's like dude, shocker, it's, folks. The music industry's been been dead for a long time. It's like ser- this girl's thirteen years old, right? I mean, just, yeah, her like, folks paid like two grand for some company to to you know crank out a song for her and auto tune it and make a video. So you know, it's kind of like a really expensive like karaoke. Like remember when you would go to the amusement park and you could go to like you know be a music star and you get like a tape of you singing or whatever. Same thing 
only, you know, it's the yeah. 2010 version. You know, people can complain all they want about lyrics. Listen to this. There's an ant crawling up your back in the nighttime. There's an ant crawling up your back in the nighttime. But you think that's okay while you're sleeping. That ant crawls in your head in the nighttime. <laughs> Hold on. That ant crawls in your head in the nighttime. But you think that's okay while you're sleeping. No, wait, 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 wait. What happens to this ant? Someday that ant will grow up to be president. Awesome, but but the, the lyrics because that's they might be giants <laughs> exactly exactly and and they wrote that song <laughs> but you know what who cares and he's actually singing you know if if my mom would have paid two thousand dollars to have a song auto-tuned and 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 you know made a video i mean that vi- two thousand let me just say this best two thousand dollars ever spent on a birthday present or whatever present yeah, it is. Yeah, she's getting a lot of mileage at man. You know what? People make fun of it, but um, I was not on the Tonight Show. Yeah, exactly. And and not only that, but he, it's it's really. I mean, for what it is, it's really good. I mean, okay, she can't. I mean, she's not going. I, I don't. Who who said she's the next Justin Bieber? But anyway, you know, this well, whoever is, said that is is crazy. I know it's crazy, but the the thing is, is though I I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that she she got the the publicity that she did. I feel sorry for the people who are ripping on her and all this other stuff. But now you know, if you want to, you can turn the latest meme into a ringtone, either with GarageBand as Chris did, or you can use I what is that I ringtones in the App Store. There you go, the Mac App Store. Yes. So there you go. Anyway, you go. We'll, we'll move forward. <laughs> I'm glad you have it too. All right. So the father of OSX is leaving Apple. Yes. Um, I've actually met this guy before. Uh, Bitrind Serlet, Apple Senior Vice President of Mac Software Engineering, a longtime Steve Jobs associate, Wednesday, last Wednesday announced he was leaving the tech giant. Uh, yeah. He holds a computer science doctorate, yada, 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 focus less on products. Uh, but he was one of the guys that came, uh, he worked four years at, at Xerox Spark, then came t- uh, to Next with Jobs in 1989. And uh, he helped create and develop actually Mac OS X. Cool. So the, the, the person who's replacing him, though, is, um, I'm trying to remember who is, uh, the, the Federini is his name, Craig Federini. He was actually from Next as well. So it's not like Mac OS tens and going to be in bad hands or anything like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is basically the guy who created Next Step uh, or was instrumental in, in some of the stuff for Next Step, and uh, you know, which became Mac OS ten. And uh, he's leaving, so bummer, but that's okay. Right. Well, um, I, you know, I, I guess the question I guess some people would have is, you know, some of these people leaving and talking about leaving or something like that. You know, there was rumors about Johnny Ives moving back to London, which I've heard is debunked now. Yes. Uh, but, you know, some people are wondering, you know, with Steve Jobs potentially leaving maybe one day because of his health, then, you know, is, is this the demise of Apple? And I don't think it is. No, nah, I don't think so either. I think this guy is probably just 
said, you know, hey, I'm going to do some other things now. It's time to tell you, it's time to do something different. Cool. Because you know, 1989, that's a long time, man. That's uh, 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, so airplay licensing, what does this mean? Yeah, it... Uh, This is according to Bloomberg. Uh, Cupertino is reportedly weighing to license the AirPlay technology to third parties for use in TV sets, enabling users to wirelessly stream movies, music, and photos from their iPhones, iPads, and iPods uh, to compatible TV sets. And uh, an expanded AirPlay would let users stream programming wirelessly from Apple mobile device to a TV that carries the technology. So you may see, you know, you may not even need an Apple TV to do AirPlay anymore. You may be able to just buy a TV like a Vizio or something off the shelf that is AirPlay enabled. And then you can watch all your movies and stuff and it would be pretty sweet. All right. So basically I could have the ABC app or the Netflix app on my iPad or my iPhone Mm-hmm. And with this licensed technology, if I had a television that had it that supported it, I could just hit share on my TV and boom, it would be there. Right. And the thing is, uh, Apple's already licensing AirPlay for um, audio. Uh, companies like Marantz and LBJ are paying a license fee of $4 per device uh, to allow AirPlay streaming to their speakers. Nice. So, so video would be the next step. That'd be sweet. Do you think they'll ever get to the place where AirPlay does 1080p? I hope so. I don't know. You know, I'm not sure what, if it's, if they're using like, I guess they're using just a wireless protocol. It all depends on the amount of bandwidth they can push through. I, I could see them doing that at some point. I'm sure. That'd be cool. Cause I know they can do that through the iPad twos special cable that they plug in. Right. Maybe Thunderbolt become wireless or something. Ooh, interesting. I wonder if one of these, <laughs> you days- heard it here first folks. I'm just joking. All right. All right. New IMAX. Is there a rumor that there's some new ones coming? There is. There's rumor that they're coming next month on Twitter. CNET's Brian Tong said that Apple's refreshed iMac should be hitting stores in late April or early May. The updated iMacs will have the Sandy Bridge uh, CPUs and Thunderbolt ports, uh, but there won't be any cosmetic changes to the computer. So just those super fast ports and the, the awesome chips. So they will be eventually like next month or so in line with the current MacBook Pros. Very cool. Well, it makes sense that they would actually bring out the Thunderbolt Oh, yeah. So if you're looking to buy an iMac, I would say wait uh, for another month or so. Yeah. I still love my 27-inch. It is a beauty, and I don't, I don't, I don't care if they come out with new stuff. Uh, this thing is just <laughs> absolutely awesome. All right, Firefox 4, have you tried it? I have, and I hate to admit that I really like it. Why do you hate to admit that? Because it's uncool to like Firefox now. It's all about Chrome. Chrome, Chrome, Chrome. Yeah, I'm still totally a Chrome person, but Chrome craps out on me from time to time. Yeah, the new Firefox is pretty sweet. There's a couple things that it does that I really like. Um, one of them being something called um, App Tab. Okay. Which is kind of like uh, Chrome where you can pin tabs. You know, like let's say you use Pandora or um, you know Gmail or something like that where you can pin it. Uh, the difference is, are you there? Yep, I'm listening. Okay. The, the difference is, is that, um, at least for me, when I close Chrome, even if I close the window or if I close the program, when I open it back up, any tab to pin, uh, pin tabs aren't there anymore. And you can have a setting in Chrome to say, you know, open the last tabs I had when I had it open, but that's not what I really want. I just want those things that I pin to be open every time and logged in and all that good stuff. Right. 
With Firefox, it does support that. So you can close out the app, reboot the computer, this, that, or the other. Anything that you have in those app tabs will open back up and log in when you start Firefox, which is pretty sweet. Now, see, my, my pin tabs do. As long as, the, as long as my browser window with the pin tabs is the last thing I closed when I closed the app, when I reopen Chrome, those pin tabs are still there and they're open. Yeah, I cannot get that to work to save my life. Really? Yeah. That's crazy because I even do it like when I start the computer back up. It's if, as soon as I launch it. Now, if I actually close the pin, ta- like if I if I pull a tab off mm-hmm. and then I close the browser that had the pin tabs, and then I close then I close the application with just a single you know tab or something like that, or I close a window without the pin tabs, it remembers that. And when I go to launch it again, the pin tabs are gone, so I have to rebuild them. Yeah, this is those those tabs are are, are set regardless, which is actually kind of cool. It's like having a little like a little you know your own taskbar or something with all your little web apps. What about drag and drop with uh, you know files and stuff like that? Google Docs and all those things. Uh, you know what i I haven't tried that. Have, it seem it seems to do pretty much everything that. Uh, that Firefox does, or uh, that Chrome has done, and it seems to be just as fast. And I've yeah, the reason I really use uh, Firefox more than it for for a bunch of stuff is I use Firebug, mm-hmm. which is you know a CSS tool. I do I do some web design stuff now, and uh, you know Firebug on on Chrome is not as good as Firebug on Firefox. They just came out with a new version of Firebug, Firebug one point seven, which is real nice too. And Chrome Chrome and and both Safari have these developer tools which are kind of like Firebug, but I'm so used to that interface that trying to use something else really, really messes me up. Um, also supports sync. So if you have an Android phone, I know you know we don't, we neither one of us have that, but what are all those? your bookmarks and all, all that kind of stuff will sync over to Firefox four, which has been released for Android, which is pretty good too. Android, the, that's the uh, that's that Google stuff, right? It's that knockoff, yeah. It's a <laughs> fake iPhone, but yeah, it's it's good. I, I like it. It you know. I think it's kind of cool. Cool. I'm glad to hear. Um, so what's this about Screen Float? I just saw it pop up on my screen. Yeah, Screen Float is a program that I just recently learned about. And uh, you know how you can, on any Mac, you can do Command-Shift-4. Mm-hmm. And you can then, and it gives you a little dropper, and you can actually you know, select a certain area of your screen, and it'll automatically plop a PNG screen capture onto your desktop. Yes, and also if you hit Command-Shift-3, it'll do the full screen. It'll do the full screen, absolutely. Well, what if you could do Command-Shift-2 and it would do something different? Okay, tell me more. This is where screen float comes in. Now, let me tell you, this this is a perfect example of, of, of where this comes in handy. Have you ever been in Gmail and somebody wrote you a really long, a really long email? And somewhere in the middle of that email were like three questions. And, you, and you're actually, you're at the bottom of the thread and you hit reply. And then it's like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, what was, the, what was that first question? And then you go, have to scroll up to the top of it and get that question. And then you scroll back down to where you're writing the email. Or sometimes you might even, what I've done is I've actually said, you know what, I'm going to keep this email open, move this window over here, and I'm going to open up a new instance of my email and I'm going to hit reply over here and keep the and I can look at the one email with the questions while I'm replying in another tab in Gmail. Does, it, does that sound familiar to you at all? Mm, I use two monitors, so okay. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. But but you've had had to do that where you've actually opened up another br- instance of that particular thing, right? 
Yeah, yeah. So so that's the reason why you sometimes you need a second monitor just to be able to pull those things over. Um, and and for an example, another thing is let's just say you're blogging inside of uh, WordPress and and you need the specs on something, so you're you, you have to pull up another window over and you have to keep looking over, looking over, right? Right. Well, here's what I can do if I can just tell you if what you do is hit you have this software up and running, and you hit Command Shift two. And it gives you the same thing you're used to seeing when you do Command Shift Four. The mm-hmm. only thing is, is you brow, you you drag and drop over top of the place where you would want to do the screen capture, and instead of sending that immediately to your desktop as a PNG file, it brings it up as a very nice floating, always on top window screen capture. That's cool. So now I I basically have this you know this uh, screen capture. And now I can scroll down anywhere I want in my browser. I can open up another tab and always on top is this screen capture. Can you make the, can you make it a little little bit transparent? Uh, No, I don't think so. But uh, trust me, you don't even need it to be transparent. I mean, it's, you you can just, I mean, you can just click on it anywhere and drag it, move it over, whatever the case may be. It is, it is absolutely amazing. Screen float. And I saw it on tentblogger.com. Mm-hmm. He, he showed how he was using it and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, eh, it sounds interesting. And then the next thing I know, like 20 minutes later, I'm answering an email. Same thing. I need this thing. It's like, dude, I'm going to go buy that. And it's you got a, it at the Mac App Store? It's in the Mac App Store. And, and how much is it? I think it's like eight or nine bucks or something like that. It might be 10 bucks. I'm not quite sure. Sweet. I have got an app from the App Store as well. What did you get? I got something called Sparrow Mail. Tell me about it. I've and, used uh, it well, before. I'll tell you why I first had, need it. Um, I've been having some weird issues with my mail app where it says that, uh, you know, it, it basically locks me out of Gmail. Don't know why. It's weird. Okay. It says it's tried to use too much data or something like that. So after, after that happening about three times, I decided to just forget about mail.app. And it seems like it's a, it's a known bug. And I decided to get Sparrow. And Sparrow is a minimalist mail application for the Mac. Um, it works great with Gmail, both classic and Google Apps, MobileMe, Yahoo, AOL, and any custom IMAP. And it's it's basically if I could if, if you could take Tweety, the original Tweety for the Mac, the the Twitter app, right, mm-hmm. and make that a mail program, you have Sparrow. If you go to sparrowmailapp.com, you can check it out. It's uh, $10 at the uh, Mac App Store. You can download a trial uh, from, from the website. And it's got this really neat quick, quick reply window. It kind of drops this little window down. You can do quick replies. You can do quick looks. Uh, puts a little icon in the menu bar if you want, so you always know your inbox. Um, you can do notifications. It supports multiple accounts. It supports multi-touch. Um, it is just really, really nice. Supports labels and also does threading. You know, I switched over to the Gmail web app and I just cannot get used to it. it I'm so used to having a mail application that uh, the Sparrow Mail is everything I wanted. It's super fast, super small. It's tiny. I love it. It's just, it's a really, really great mail application. So does if you're it, looking for something different, I'd give it a shot. Does it work with multiple inboxes? Do you know? It does. Supports multiple accounts and you can switch between one and the other. And it's kind of like when you have multiple accounts in Tweety, you know, you have those little icons. Uh-huh. You do that and it, it, it operates the same way. It's very, very, it's, it's highly inspired by Tweety. It's awesome. Well, what I meant by that is multiple, not multiple accounts, but multiple inboxes, which is a web feature of 
like when you're looking at your inbox, it actually shows you like five different inboxes. Mm, I know it supports priority inbox. If it does priority inbox, it might do multiple. Yeah, I really. But it, I but just multiple inboxes is a labs feature. So okay, it it might. I just really, 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 really love it. Yeah, cool. The one thing about having a, a an application like that is when you click a mail to link, it'll actually oh, you can set it to open up like Sparrow Mail or one right of, uh, one of those other apps, and and it opens up your Gmail account, which is kind of yeah. cool. I really, I really just like. I think it's it's just a beautiful. A beautiful interface, and I, the multi-touch is kind of cool. You know, you put three fingers down on it because you've got just your window. If you want to open up a preview tray, just slide your three fingers across, and the pre the preview tray opens up. It's just it's a fun. It's I, I like it. Awesome. I'm <laughs> I glad. Can't, I can't recommend it more enough. Awesome. And so that's sparrowmail.com. Uh, sparrowmailapp.com. Sparrowmail app.com mm-hmm. and folks you can go try it out for free before you buy it so go over there and get that first yes. all right what's next what is next well the uh, wwdc the worldwide developer conference was announced uh it's going to be june 6th through let's see the june 6th through the 10th it was announced on march 28th which was two days ago when we we're recording this and later that day it was sold out yeah <laughs> So it's crazy. Uh, this year may be only a software-only event. No iPhone, iPad, or Mac hardware will be introduced. So unlike the past few years where you know we would all think the iPhone 5 would be announced and released in June, it looks like it might not be. It might be released later on this fall. Um, it looks like they are going to detail iOS 5.0 and then, of course, Mac OS 10 Lion. But um, yeah, there might be a fall launch for the iOS and for iPhone 5. Well, here's the thing. Number one, Apple's secretive, and if they wanted to, they could lower the expectations and then blow everybody away with iPhone 5. Mm-hmm. So as to not cannibalize sales of the iPhone 4 for Verizon. Yep. The other thing I can think about this is, number one, why why mess with perfection? And that's what I would call the iPhone 4. <laughs> well, you know, a, a dual-core processor or something. But yeah, yeah but I, I think the iPhone 4 is super fast. The camera's amazing. Everything about it is awesome. The display, you cannot get a better display in a smartphone right now still. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. I want to say this. I love getting the newest Apple thing. I really do, except for I didn't get the Apple iPad 2. And I still, even right now, it, you know, I've had plenty of time to think about it. Still could care less about Apple or iPad 2 uh, <laughs> because Apple iPad 1 is great. I love it. Mm -hmm. All right. So the thing is, though, is that um, I want to say that I would be extremely excited if they do not announce a new iPhone 5 in June. Okay. And the reason isn't because I can't afford one and and I'm still going to be in contract. And Stephanie and I both went ahead, even though Stephanie was, you know, actually I was, it was actually I who was, um, I was, it was my turn to get the iPhone 4 and she had gotten the 3GS, but then when the iPhone 4 came out, it's like, dude, I want to get you this. And so we skipped hers. We went ahead and paid whatever we had to pay to get her into the iPhone 4. So it's not like I, we, we can't go iPhone 5, but here's the other thing is I, I love the iPhone 4. It really is an awesome phone. I love its design. I love everything about it. Mm-hmm. I love its battery life. It, I mean, it could be longer, but I mean, it, it still, it, it works extremely well for me. 
Yeah, they released four four point three point one, which was supposed to address a couple things, and one of them was some, some battery life tweaks. Oh, cool! Well, I didn't even install that th- four point three point one. <laughs> yeah, it came out on Friday, I think. I saw it, and I told it not to ask me again, and I told it no. Well, I figured it because it didn't say anything about battery tweaks. It said something about some other junk that didn't. Yeah, sound there's some security fixes for Safari. Yeah, it's whatever. So the other thing is though is that I have a glyph, a G L I F. That's true, you do, and it's super awesome. And it is super awesome. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to glif.com. And that's wrong. It is, <laughs> what is it? I, it's, uh, I think it's the Get the Glyph or something it's like the that. The Glyph. Oh, G-L-I-F. Yes, it is the Glyph, glif.com, theglyph.com, which basically it's a tripod mount for the iPhone. And I absolutely love mine. I yeah, it's super I, versatile. It is. It is very cool, and I use it quite a bit now. The other thing is that um, you know I, I, this this company that made the glyph. I, I kind of takes us into the next thing is the Cosmonaut. Have you heard about it? Nope. The Cosmonaut. Go to Kickstarter.com. All right, kickstarter.com. And and then just do a search for, and actually for you and I right now, by the way, it's on the front page. It's the second one down on the right. The the Cosmonaut White Step. Uh, oh, wine so, group capacitive so, style. Listen hey, to this. I'm Tom. This is Dan. And we're back. We have something we're really excited to show you. It's called the Cosmonaut. It's a wide grip capacitive stylus. All right, and so introducing the Cosmonaut is what the video is saying. And it looks like a big, huge, thick Crayola crayon. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. All right, and so uh, it's, it's a video just talking about it, right? Or uh, showing some stuff. Let me see if I can get to a place where they. Is it the same guys? Yes. Here we go. desire to have a really great stylus for tablets. We love taking notes and sketching ideas on our iPads, and we realize that a stylus is much better than a finger for tasks such as those. We uh, tried most of the styluses on the market, like this one, and we realized that most of them are designed to really look and feel like a pen. But the problem is, uh, writing or drawing on an iPad feels nothing like using a pen, really. It's more like using a dry erase marker on a whiteboard. You know, the fidelity is low, you can't rest your palm on the screen. So we realized that the perfect stylus is really much more like a dry erase marker. So that's what we created. Um, The tip glides effortlessly over the glass screen and has a nice, wide, comfortable grip and a soft, rubbery finish. Um, You may also notice that over to the right, there's only one pricing tier for $1.00. Uh, we're trying something new this time around by instituting a Radiohead-esque pay-as-you-want pricing model. Uh, you may also notice that there's only 3,000 slots in that tier, so consider it kind of a limited hmm. edition first run of the Cosmonaut. So you can pledge as little as a dollar, but obviously if everyone only pledges a dollar, we won't reach our funding goal. So it's really up to you to decide how much you want to pledge. All right. So basically, uh, here's the deal. Totally awesome concept. I was I was probably one of the first few hundred that uh, that did this. Nice. And uh, I went ahead and pledged and uh, got my order in for one. And the by the way, their goal was fifty thousand dollars. They needed fifty thousand dollars to start production on this, and they are currently at sixty seven thousand nine hundred and seventy six. Yep. So uh, <laughs> those guys, man, they got like a ton for the glyph, didn't they? Almost uh, like a million, I think. Oh yeah, the glyph was amazing. 
Um, and so anyway, they've, they got their 3000, they had sold out the tier one, the 3000, uh, you know, $1 or more, which I'm pretty sure that most everybody in that thing did well over a dollar. Although I know from, from my own pricing model right now, there's been, there are probably quite a few $1 pledges in there, but still, um, they sold out the 1000 spots, but check this out, the $25 or more. Six yep. six hundred and eighty three backer backers, and the fifty dollars or more, one hundred and thirty eight backers. That's crazy, man! And if you pledge twenty five or more, uh, you will receive a cosmonaut when they're ready to go. Yes. Wait. If you miss, well, no. If you even in the one or more, you would get that right up till three thousand, and then after that, right? Yes. 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 So yes, exactly. And I, right. and, and my, my thinking on the pricing of this, it'll probably be about 10 or $15 when it comes out. Right. Probably. So, it's a great idea though. It is a great idea. And Kickstarter is cool. I, I love seeing these Apple related products, you know, so, so here's the thing we had, um, Kickstarter, we, what was it? The glyph. So let me tell you how much they raised for theirs. Um, actually they raised, their goal was 10,000. They raised, it was actually $137,000. All right. So they yeah, had, yeah. And then what was that watch? Do you remember the watch for the Nano? Those guys got a million, I think. Okay, so Nano watch. All right, that was the TikTok. Yeah, nine hundred and forty-one thousand seven hundred eighteen dollars. Kickstarter is awesome. Kickstarter is awesome. And what was? Let me see what his was. Oh, there the the nine hundred and forty-one thousand. The goal was fifteen thousand <laughs> <laughs> to start production awesome they crushed that they did so yeah anyway but uh so there is still time to get yourself a pre-ordered cosmonaut and it's and it helps support new businesses it does so i guess we got some voicemails yes we do and i'm glad you're here to help out because i don't know the answers to all this stuff although i think i know what we're going to tell jeremiah here let's see what jeremiah has to say Hello, Cliff. This is Jeremiah Panhorst from the wonderful state of Missouri with some feedback for the Help, I've Got a Mac podcast. And I have a question in regards to uh, ISO 4 for the iPod. I have a second-generation iPod Touch. Um, I've had it for quite a few years now, and, of course, I love it. It's the best iPod ever. As I'm sure you guys would agree, the iPods, uh, since they, when they moved to the touch platform, it was fantastic. And uh, I have the very last version of the three-point three version of the, uh, of the operating system. Um, and I have not upgraded to ISO 4. I had not upgraded only because I'd heard some rumors that the new operating, the new ISO 4, is very, very hard on the older iPods, uh, especially mainly on the battery power. That although I heard a lot of people complain that once they upgraded, they noticed the battery power didn't last very long. Now, that could have just been because their battery in their iPod might have just been getting old and having a hard time. So I didn't know if you guys had heard about any other issues or any reasons why I should not upgrade like to know uh, if you guys had heard of any reason why not to uh, upgrade. Uh, so, Chris, uh, Cliff, if you guys could help us out with that, that would be great. All right, that's it. 
You guys take care. I love your show. I love what you're doing, and I'm just uh, glad to be a part of it. All right, Jeremiah, thank you very much. Um, do you have any thoughts on this, Eric, uh, Chris? Because I don't have, I mean, McKenna has an iPod, which is the generation before the one that's out, the newest mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I would say go ahead and update. The only thing that you may want to do, and this will kind of help speed it up, if anybody has a 3GS uh, or even a 3G, this might um, help as well. If you go under settings, go to general, and then go to spotlight search, and, and I do this myself. Uh, I turn off everything except contacts and applications. Really? What? Let me go in here. I'm going to go into general right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see here. So I go to general, and then you go to, what is it, spotlight search? Yep. All right. And then uh, what do you do? Just click these. Uh, what is spotlights? Is that the search like on the home screen? Yeah. All right. Well, I never use that anyway, so I can actually just uncheck all of them. Yeah, according to Lifehacker, disabling spotlight searches improves uh, performance in iOS 4. Really? Well, I'm doing no. that. I just unchecked everything. So but now it's not going to search for anything. Yeah, that might help those with the older iPod touches. Cool. Cool? Yep. All righty. Right. Let's move on to the next win, and that is going to be John Wilkerson Thunderbolt something or other. So let's check it out. Hey, Cliff, this is John Wilkerson uh, calling for help. I got a Mac, and I'm calling about the, the Thunderbolt port on the, the iMac or MacBook. Uh, Chris made a comment that nothing bad about this thing. <laughs> uh, there actually is one thing bad that's about it, and it's from a security risk. I was listening to Security Now. Uh, Steve Gibson was talking about this particular port. Uh, this port has direct memory access, and so what that means, it can actually have direct access to your memory. So someone uh, could theoretically develop a system whereby they could plug something in and suck the contents of the memory out of your computer. Um, in fact, with FireWire, there was a company that had a device that they could use, that the government could use if they had seized the computer that was turned on and they wanted to actually download the full contents of the computer's memory and the hard drive. They just plug it in the FireWire port and it sucks, sucks all that information off. Uh, so hopefully uh, in Lion there will be some kind of uh, limiting the range that that port has access to as far as direct memory access is concerned. It would be cool, however, to be able to have a device that you could just plug into that port and, like, clone an entire hard drive. Uh, that would make IT guys like myself it'd make our job a ton easier when we're having to deploy computers and do builds. But, you know, I would say it's 99% good, uh, but I wouldn't say that there's nothing bad about it, especially uh, given the fact that, you know, there's going to be some creative hackers out there that are going to look for a way to... Uh, take advantage of that. Just like, you know, if you got a USB keyboard plugged into any computer and there's keystroke logger, somebody can get it, get, get access to, to your password. The same thing, the same potential uh, problem could exist with this uh, particular technology because it does have direct memory access. And it's up to the, uh, up to the OS manufacturer to make sure that there are no vulnerabilities around it. And I, Apple's very good 
stop being pretty thorough, but things do slip past them every once in a while. Um, and I'm not holding out any uh, any hope that this won't be an issue on Windows machines. Anyway, uh, loving the podcast. Keep up the great work, guys. Bye. All right, John, thank you so much. I've not heard anything about yeah. this at all. I'm not concerned. On a Mac, uh, if you enable the EFI password, it'll disable uh, direct memory access on FireWire because he did mention that uh, DMA is a problem on FireWire. Here's the thing. Someone has to have physical access to your machine, yep. right? Which so, if you're yeah. in a laptop, it's more it's more uh, apl- applicable, which by the way, the, the MacBook Pros are the only thing so far that has the, the Thunderbolt. Right. And also, there is a, a little thing you can do uh, on your hard drive called File Vault. Okay. Which what that'll do, that'll encrypt your home drive. So if someone, even even if they did plug something in, they can't get into anything on your home drive. They can get to your applications, but they can't get to your documents or music, uh, your email, things like that. All that's locked up in an encrypted uh, home home drive. Uh, the problem is, if you don't have that password, you're, you're kind of hosed because there's no way to decrypt it without it. Um, Lion also is going to support, it's rumored, I, I, haven't, I don't know this for sure, but I, I've read some rumors, that... Um, they're, they're going to support full drive encryption. So if you're really, really paranoid, if you work for someplace where you, you can't get the secrets out, you know, some kind of place where they develop product or something like that, you can, you can encrypt your home drive using um, file vault. That, that, that would work uh, because they could, they could get to the drive. They just couldn't do anything with it. They'd have to decrypt it. Right. Um, or, you know, Lion will, will most probably encrypt your whole hard drive. So I, I don't think this is that big of an issue. I think it's more uh, FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt than anything else. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Apple could change EFI to disable DMA on Thunderbolt as well. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Gotcha. Hey, uh, one last uh, question here. This is coming from Anna in Germany and uh, actually from Switzerland now, I believe. And uh, here is what she had to say. Hi, Cliff and Chris. This is Anna. Um, I don't know if this is um, the right feedback or question for help I got a Mac, but I thought I'd try. Um, how do I connect my contact on my iPhone, my Gmail account, and the Mac address book? Because somehow it's not working. It is not... Um, I don't have the same contacts on my address book than I do on the iPhone or, you know, in my um, Gmail account. So, um, you know, everything works fine with um, connecting the emails and, and, and my calendars and everything, but just not the contact. So I hope you can help me. Thanks a lot. Love your show. Bye-bye. Ariana, thank you so much. And um, let's see here. Um, the first thing I hear, Chris, is, you know, syncing the Apple Mac contact list with the iPhone and to Google. So there's, there's three different places all happening Mm -hmm. all at once Mm -hmm. here. And I remember before they had Google sync, then what I was doing is I was actually putting all my contacts into my phone, which would then back them up, uh, via the, you know, iTunes syncing ability between, uh, the, whatever the contacts Thing is on your Mac with the iPhone. Mm-hmm. So it would sync that way. Um, and what I decided as soon as they came out with Google Sync, I decided to break that connection altogether. Because if, yeah. you, if you do Google Sync, what it will do is it'll warn you. It says, listen, if you're going to sync your Google contacts with what's on your phone, 
Google's, we're going to wipe out everything on your phone. Right. And so what I would recommend first and foremost is go in, you know, plug your iPhone in, click on information and uncheck the thing where it syncs your contacts. All right. And that way you still have your original backup on your Mac with all your contacts. And what I would recommend doing is, is go ahead. They're they're also in your address book. Yeah. And you can actually export all the addresses in your address address book as a V card. You highlight them all in your address book and then go to file export and you can export out as a V card. I would do that too. That way you you actually have a file backup. Oh, good job. Yeah. In case anything happens. Another thing real quick is in address book. uh, If you go to preferences under accounts, you can actually synchronize with Google. Yes. Natively in the address book. So you can go ahead and do that ahead of time and all of your contacts will be synced with Google. Then set up Google Sync on your iPhone. It'll pull all the, all the stuff down from Google Sync that just synced up with your address book and you'll be good to go. Yep. You might have some duplicates if you're if you've got some contacts in Google and some in address in address book. Yeah, I've got a handful of duplicates, but you know what? It's not that big of a deal knowing it's worth it. It's worth one or two duplicates to have peace of mind that I know that I've got all my numbers. Exactly. Yeah. I'd rather have a couple old numbers or even the same numbers for, you know, I I think I have two or three Chris Bitings in my account. Yeah. And and my thing, but it doesn't matter. When I go to call Chris Biting, I just choose one of them and I hit the button and boom, we're good to go. Exactly. So So, check out, uh, if you want to go to google.com slash mobile slash sync and it'll tell you exactly what you need to do. Exactly. Well, there you go. See, hey, I, I love having Chris here, man, because... He knows how to tell us what to do. Chris, <laughs> I don't I'm, even like pre-cheat or anything. I know. I don't I don't give him any advance warning of what's coming in. I'm just really fast at Google. <laughs> awesome. Hey folks, uh we want to say thank you for tuning in to Help I Got a Mac. We'll be back again next week. I understand that uh it is a special uh day tomorrow for the biting household. It is, it's my anniversary. How many so years? we're actually going out since we both have to go to the gym tomorrow. <laughs> we are uh, going to go out tonight and have dinner and uh, all sorts of fun stuff like that. We're also uh, fostering a dog right now, and it's a German Shepherd that's like 150 pounds or something. And uh, yeah, it's it's been interesting. Fun stuff. How long have you and Emily been married now? Uh, it'll be four years. Wow. Very yeah. cool. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, so we timed it pretty well. Having a kid after four years is, is pretty good. Hey, what about dinner next Wednesday? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see why that would be a problem. All right. Well, talk to her and see. Cliff's been trying to get me to go to his house for dinner for a while now. Yes. It's just been a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> we had a I was, set just, of- I was just checking my contacts to see if I have any doubles, and I think I got rid of all my doubles. Did you? Yeah, sweet. All right, well, just check with her and let me know. That'd be cool. And then we'll have you in studio next week. Oh, yeah, we could do that, couldn't we? Yeah, we could. All right, well, if you guys hear me and I sound uh, sweet and buttery, then you know that I was in the studio. Awesome. And if he's all buttery, then that means we had something buttery for dinner. Speaking of buttery, I'm going to the Italian restaurant. All right, man. Take it easy. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Hey, folks, if you want to support the content that we're doing here at GSPN.TV, head over to GSPN.TV slash plus and join the community. 